So Friday, while I was at the clinic in Tomball, I paused for a few moments along with some of the staff there at the clinic, and we turned on the live feed from Washington, D.C. as the 45th President of the United States was inaugurated. Now, whether your choice was the one taking the oath of office on Friday or not, if you were watching, you were a witness to human history. It's the same human history that records the transition of power in every country on the face of the earth. It records the rulers of ancient Egypt. It records the kings of ancient Judah, the emperors of Rome, the kings of Europe, the popes of Rome, and yes, all the presidents of these United States. Human history in the making, and it's worth watching. See, the inauguration of a president represents this peaceful transfer of power, and if it's done well, it acknowledges the source of that power as the one and only Almighty God. If it's done well, it acknowledges Jesus Christ as Lord of all, and it pays homage to the principles of righteousness, the principles of servant leadership. And I think, this is just my opinion, but the architects of Friday's inauguration did all of that rather effectively. Now, I didn't come here this morning to talk to you about politics, but rather to focus on a few principles that are important if a nation is to be made great. Our Old Testament reading this morning, which Cindy was gracious enough to read to us from Isaiah 9, is a great place to start this discussion. See, Isaiah here talks about a people who walk in darkness in the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. Zebulun and Naphtali were tribal regions of ancient Israel, and they had a dark history of war and turmoil. This was a region in the time when Israel was divided into two kingdoms, Judah and Israel. When Ahaz, king of Judah, invited Tiglath-Pileser, king of Assyria, he invited him to help him against the kings of Syria and against the kings of Israel to protect his lands in Judah. Now, Tiglath was all too happy to help, but his price was high. He took many people captive from Ahaz's kingdom, especially from Zebulun and from Naphtali. So eventually, in this void that was left by the deportation of all these captives out of their homeland, non-Hebrew Gentiles began to colonize that region. And it became known as the region of the Gentiles, or Galilee. A little bit of history there. 
So in typical prophetic fashion, Isaiah in this chapter that Cindy just read for us expresses how God will transform this dark region, this region of turmoil and war, this dark region around the Sea of Galilee. He says, but there will be no gloom for those who were in anguish. In the former time, he brought into contempt the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the latter time, he will make glorious the way of the sea, the land beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the nations. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who lived in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shined. You have multiplied the nation. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as people exult when dividing plunder. For the yoke of their burden and the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. See, Isaiah speaks of the righteous reign of the coming King, the Messiah. Jesus, who will bring light into the dark region. And if you recall, Jesus' ministry began in Galilee, was centered around Galilee. The region of Galilee, which was once darkened, was among the first to receive the light of Christ. And Jesus brought light to Jew and Gentile alike. He brought light to a region that was desperately in need of a Savior. You might also recall that most of his apostles were from Galilee. And so with them he ministered as both the light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of his people Israel. So what was it that made the nation great? See, as we look at this formerly dark region of Galilee and the formerly dark nation of Judah, we see them rise to greatness because of one significant event in human history. Now, I'm not talking about greatness of a world power that's capable of exerting its will over other nations. That's not the kind of greatness that I'm speaking of here. I'm talking about a greatness that endures through time even as rulers come and go, as power is transferred both peacefully and violently from one ruler to the next over the span of time. I'm talking about greatness that surpasses even the longevity of the nations themselves. The event was the birth of Jesus Christ. And the greatness I'm talking about is this enduring message of the gospel that when embraced by the people of Galilee caused them to rise from darkness into greatness. The greatness of wisdom. The greatness of truth. The greatness of the light of life. Life abundant. Life eternal. Enduring greatness eternal greatness so what made the nation great God made the nation great 
Christ made the nation great. So in the epistle this morning that Bobby read, Paul addresses this church in Corinth, and there are people divided, we learn from his passage. There are people divided and fighting with each other about whose team they're on, whose party they're aligned with. Are they aligned with Paul? Are they aligned with Cephas? Are they aligned with Apollos? Which teacher is best? Which doctrine is best? Which leader is the right leader? And Paul admonishes them. He says, Now I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you be in agreement and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be united in the same mind and the same purpose. Has Christ been divided, he asks? Was Paul crucified for you? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? See, what Paul is telling us is what we have heard all through history. A house divided against itself cannot stand. Unity is strength. Unity in Christ is stronger than anything. No human leader can take his place. No human leader can be a stronger agent for unity than Jesus Christ. No human leader can make a nation great. Only unity in Christ can accomplish that. Only God makes the nation great. And that brings us to our gospel lesson this morning. It says, now when Jesus heard that John had been arrested, he withdrew to Galilee. He left Nazareth and made his home in Capernaum by the sea in the territory of Zebulun and Naphtali, so that what had been spoken through the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. Land of Zebulun, land of Naphtali, on the road by the sea, across the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. And for those who sat in the region and the shadow of death, light has dawned. From that time, Jesus began to proclaim, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. As he walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me and I will make you fish for people. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. As he went from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, in the boat with their father Zebedee, mending their nets, and he called them. Immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. And Jesus went throughout Galilee teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and curing every disease and every sickness among the people. You see, the people who sat in darkness had seen a great light. See, I was encouraged by what I saw at the inauguration this past Friday, not because of who was taking the oath, but because the person taking the oath 
chose to acknowledge God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in that ceremony. I was encouraged that he chose to acknowledge we the people as the real power behind our government. But here's the thing. If we the people are the power behind the government, then it's our responsibility to use that power with wisdom and compassion. It's our responsibility to unify as we have already determined the only way to establish a united nation with the ability to endure, to have lasting impact and significance, is to unify in the eternal power of Christ. See, like Simon Peter and Andrew and James and John, the sons of Zebedee, we have to drop our nets and follow Jesus. Whatever we think is important in our own agendas has to be secondary to following Jesus. See, my recommendation is that we, the people, must be the hope that we want to see in our nation. A positive, hopeful, righteous, Christ-like attitude is the only way to bring positive change to the nation. The hope of Christ. The hope that just like light chases away darkness... The hope that just like love chases away fear. Only Jesus can unify completely. Only God makes the nation great. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit.